Welcome to Anetta Drift, the story of a cursed knight bound by honor to defend her kingdom from the ancient evil that threatens it. My name is Vigil, and I'll be your guide to the unforgiving realm of Valerius as a knight Eveline fights to forge a new legend. Remember, friends, that to survive this perilous journey, you must move with purpose, guard your soul, and always beware the darkness. The night Eveline sat alone in the void. A vast, flat plain of shadow stretched out on every side. Thick, dark fog twisted and billowed around her. From within the darkness, Eveline could hear the cries and lamentations of all those soldiers imprisoned by the black stones of Ixiel. Some sobbed and screamed, some struck at the floor with useless weapons, and others sat still and quiet. They had failed. She had failed and together they had been exiled to a listless fate, cast into the gloom to waste away. From this prison, there appeared to be no escape. Whatever hope King Orleon had bid the knight in his final moments, it had been in vain. To think of the king and her final confrontation with him racked Aveline with guilt. She wanted to say something to those who suffered in the dark, but words would not come. Talk seemed ineffectual pathetic and meaningless. The knight thought of her pledge to the army before their assault on Ixiel's stronghold. Blind arrogance had doomed them all, and it seemed that the archwizard was right. The blue knight was not worthy of legend. Despondent and ashamed, she closed her eyes and pulled her legs to her chest. The magic sword Durandal lay abandoned by her side. After a time, Aveline felt a warm, burning sensation on the back of her left hand. She opened her eyes, and to her surprise, was able to see a soft glow emanating from beneath her gauntlet. She removed the armor, then her glove, and gasped. There, emblazoned on her skin, was the same sigil the once immortal King Orleon had brandished on his hand. The demonic mark glowed bright in the darkness. For those who held on to their sanity, Aveline became a beacon, a keeper of the light. Her sigil lit the darkness and restored some small measure of hope. Like moths to a flame, the weary soldiers gathered around and pressed together. When one would succumb to depression and leave the circle to sit alone, others would move in close, all to find a way to the light. They swapped stories of times gone by, of those who had departed, each sang the praises of Lark, the master strategist who fought for decades only to be killed by a monster. There was a palpable tension among the imprisoned. Last measures of energy were wasted on frustration and anger. Spiteful barbs were traded, many of them aimed at the young knight. Despite her guilt, Eveline resolved to lead them for as long as she could. She hoped her fortitude would give them strength. Don't be afraid, she said. It was all she could manage. The demonic brand pulsed red, illuminating the faces of those nearest to her. She struggled to find the words of encouragement, but again she came up short. Optimism seemed disingenuous in the oppressive vastness of the void. The best she could offer was a respite from fear. But the soldier's spirits were broken. Whatever magic had made their prison, 
altered the natural flow of things and suspended the reign of time. The men and women need not eat, but wasted away all the same. Some lost their sanity and disappeared raving into the dark, while many others simply expired, waiting for their time to run out. All semblance of hope having fled, their bodies withered. Only Eveline remained young and strong, as fixed a pillar of outward fortitude as she had been when first confined. The number of survivors began to dwindle, and with their grasp on reality, the bonds of fellowship slowly evaporated. Their fleeting victory against the Shadow Beast of Orleans faded in their memory. None called the man king. All that remained was the bitter disappointment of defeat and wild speculation over the fate of Valerius, the land they loved. With the combined forces of Valerius defeated, what would become of the people? Who would oppose Ixiel and his foul scheme? The soldiers cursed themselves, cursed Ixiel, cursed the gods, and even sometimes cursed the Night Aveline. Soon, only a handful of soldiers remained. They had been the most stalwart in life, among the knight's most trusted and reliable warriors. A solemn calm had descended on them all as they waited to disappear. One still clung to a pole, bearing the standard of the kingdom, a golden sun pierced by a sword and emblazoned on a field of blue. No breeze stirred the tattered fabric. As she looked at the old woman beneath the flag, Aveline wondered what would become of her when the last companion withered away and she was left alone. Out of the darkness behind Aveline, an incandescent figure strode through the gloom. Bathed in dull white light, he silently walked toward Aveline's back. Before she could notice, the figure stooped to lift the sword to Randall from the dark ground. It turned the weapon over in its bright hands, gripping its pommel with practiced comfort. Shocked and furious, the knight Aveline sprang to her feet and replaced her gauntlet. The stranger's armor resembled her own. The tall man exuded confidence, and were it not for the harsh light, his presence may have been reassuring. The remaining soldiers were frightened and withdrew, slack-jawed and confused. Having seen abominable horrors, and on the brink of destruction themselves, they expected the worst. The man turned, and with a grin on his face, thrust the knight's sword into the obsidian floor where it stood on its point. For the first time in a very long time, Aveline showed her teeth and smiled. Hello, father. It was almost impossible to look at Roland, given how much time Aveline had spent in the dark. His radiance drove back the shadow. Aveline's eyes took time to adjust, and after an impatient moment of waiting, she managed to look at the figure. The strange circumstances aside, she had never been so pleased to see Roland. Hello, Aveline. I've missed you dearly. The great knight's voice sounded hollow and far away, as if heard across the distance of a lake. But it still carried the powerful warmth with which Aveline was so familiar. The apparition returned her broad smile with his lips, but his eyes were impassive and expressionless. The knight worried her father's appearance was some new torment, specially crafted by Ixiel to magnify her suffering. Roland towered over his daughter, and though he carried himself with his usual confidence, she could see his once resplendent armor was battered and torn in places. The martial paragon looked tired, worn out. 
But here, in her lowest moment of shame, Aveline wanted nothing more than to impress him and hide her failure. She struggled to maintain her smile and match Roland's presence, but as the shock of his appearance subsided, she found her elation crumbling to embarrassment. A thousand questions raced through Aveline's head, and it was difficult to start. How is this possible? Aveline asked. She moved closer to Roland and held out a hand. Roland grasped it firmly. Tears welled in Aveline's eyes, and in this brief respite from doom, the knight struggled to regain her composure. Her heart beat rapidly in her chest. Seeing you here, I can't believe it. Your presence revives me, but how can this be? Roland's grin expanded across his face, and he chuckled. I'm glad to hear it. Years of wandering this soul trap, fearing the worst, and I finally find you healthy and whole. A welcome surprise, thanks to an excellent teacher, no doubt. Aveline stepped away from Roland and turned her back to him. I don't understand. So much has happened. Ixiel, Orleon, Lark. She looked at the few soldiers who still remained, huddled together. They seemed on the brink of madness. A cold weight pressed down the knight's heart. She knew she may soon be alone in this place. Was this some sort of delusion? I've failed, Roland. Where did you go? Why did you leave us? Leave me? Aveline's voice wavered with accusation. The great knight Roland stepped behind Aveline and touched her shoulder. His smile disappeared, his voice lowered almost to a whisper. I know the hardships you've suffered. I know, and I'm sorry. There's much you must know. Much still left to do. Please, let's sit and talk like we used to. He gestured to the obsidian floor and crossed his legs as he sat. The indomitable sword to Randall stood between them. Eveline looked again at her withering comrades. For their sake, she hoped this encounter was not some foul deception. Trembling fingers wiped water away from her wary eyes. She would shed no tears in front of this man. The knight turned and lowered to the floor, ready to grab her weapon should she need it. The two sat in silence for a time before Roland finally began. I see my sword served you well. Aveline glanced at Durandal, then asked, How do I know you are who you appear to be? Roland thought for a moment. Fair question. Let's see. Soon after I became your guardian, you woke me late one night. I swatted you away, but how you loved to torment me. And before long, you returned. You told me you couldn't remember the face of your father, of your mother. I looked into your bloodshot eyes. I was a knight of the order, not a parent. I searched for the right words and somehow settled on these. Aveline, time's made memories of many. But you won't be one of them, so long as I have you and you have me. I promise I'll always be with you. You looked at me the way you are now, skeptical but wanting to believe. I hugged you then. I'd never had cause to hug anyone before. Roland paused, chuckled, and added, And well, here I am. Aveline lowered her head as if meditating on his words. 
She wondered then if this were her own madness given shape, but shook her head and dismissed the thought, caught up for the moment in the memory of a time long past. Fingers crossed in front of her, the knight looked at Roland, and a somber smile lifted her lips. Tell me everything, she said. Roland paused to think, then began. As you know, King Aaron, Orleon's damnable father, was assassinated in the fifth year of my service. This extraordinary event sent the council into hysterics. Aaron's predecessors had transformed the right of authority into a mockery of the tradition, but Orleon was still too young to play a part in their farce. His silver tongue wagging, Ixiel managed to persuade the council that given the unusual circumstances, the burden of ruling should stay with Orleon until he was of age to defend his position. According to tradition, he said, <laughs> this blatant inheritance of power was unprecedented. Fate smiles on the fiend, it seems, Aveline muttered sarcastically. The sorcerer's influence was plain. Roland nodded in agreement and continued. Yes, undoubtedly Aaron had considered this possibility at the urging of Ixiel himself. And though the king depended on my skills for military success, he resented my personal popularity. Decades on the war fronts gained me a reputation among the soldiers and the people, but little in the way of respect from this man. When he deigned to look at me, I could see fear behind his eyes. It brought me no small measure of joy. <laughs> at this, Roland laughed to himself. For a moment, Aveline forgot her mounting anger and smiled at her father as he continued. Orleon was six years old, the same age as you when we first crossed paths. And according to the king's will, Exile was charged with the boy's tutelage. Though I considered Exile's appointment the crowning achievement in a long history of Aaron's mistakes, honor left me no choice but to abide by his wishes. Roland rose from where he was sitting and paced back and forth weary to recount what came next. As I raised you to knighthood, Ixiel raised that boy to servitude. Orleon was a bright child, who displayed a surprising aptitude for magic, but it was more and more apparent he was suffering under Ixiel's care. I'd always been skeptical of Ixiel and his meritless appointment to Archwizard, but over the years, as the man gained more unbridled influence, my suspicions grew. Disturbing reports spoke of chats in darkened corridors with unseen collaborators. I tried to counteract the Archwizard's foul influence by tutoring Orleon myself, requesting his presence on the field whenever possible. But my duties as Great Knight called me far away from the capital. There were military campaigns to manage, and you to train. Roland crossed his arms, his brow knit in consternation. Ixiel was subtle in his corruption but I hoped his pupil had not yet been fully compromised. After more than a decade of waiting for the right opportunity, a chance finally presented itself. A rare diplomatic errand called Ixiel away. A voracious storm delayed his return. The king and I talked long into the night, me espousing tales of war, him asking after you. Roland grinned at Aveline. She blushed and looked away. Get on with it, old man, she said. 
Roland sat back down, only a few feet from his daughter. When he spoke again, his voice was possessed of uncharacteristic tension. I told the king I was troubled by a sensitive topic. Orleon assured me our conversation was safe, but even so, we spoke in quiet tones. I told him that I believed Ixio was a weaver of dark magics, maybe even a member of the cult of the primordial demon Tyrannus. I feared dismissal, but to my surprise, Orleon responded in earnest. He confided that although he had learned much from the Archwizard, he also wondered about Ixiel's intentions of late. Just when I felt a bit of relief, Orleon stopped talking. His mouth hanged open, Eveline, and his eyes were dark. A voice issued forth from frozen, motionless lips. Roland paused and shook his head. He stared at a point on the floor, then looked to Eveline and continued. The voice was Ixiel's. A grating laugh was followed by a cryptic warning. Step lightly, great knight, it said. I'd heard whispers of powerful magics, but this was a realm apart. Ixiel relinquished his control, and Orleon returned to himself. It was clear Orleon's rule had come to an end, and Ixiel now controlled the fate of Valerius. Roland was clearly distressed, and spoke rapidly. I took my leave of the young king and fled the city. There was nothing more I could do in Lucidus. My hands were tied by my position. Uncertain of what time remained before catastrophe, I made arrangements to travel west to the domain of Mare, where I hoped to uncover a solution. Unfortunately, this meant leaving you on the war front. Aveline interrupted and said, I didn't know what had become of you. When Durandal arrived by mere messenger, I feared you were dead. I never thought you'd part with the sword. Roland looked at Eveline with his tired eyes. After years of training you, watching you grow into a formidable knight, I had absolute faith in your abilities. You are the best I've seen, Eveline. Perhaps even better than myself, unbelievable as that is. Roland chuckled, so Eveline was not amused, and cleared his throat. <clears> throat> I knew the weapon would serve you better than it would me. Aveline was overwhelmed by emotion. But why didn't you explain? Alert me to the danger. Surely I could have helped you. When the king informed me of your disappearance, I was shocked. I couldn't believe that you would flee when we needed you most. Betrayal, shame, and resentment flushed her cheeks and rushed her heart. I had no idea what Ixiel was capable of only that his power was surely beyond us. I feared for your safety and thought the less you knew of Exil's machinations, the less of a threat you might be. I never anticipated that you, a newly minted and untested knight, would be chosen to pursue the betrayer. I'm uncertain if the choice was even Orleans or Ixiel's. You suspect my command was orchestrated, perhaps a retaliation against you? Eveline asked. I don't know. It's easy to imagine the Puppet Master's meddling, his long fingers reaching out to corrupt everything within their grasp. Luring an army of thousands into a hopeless trap would be an inarguably effective means of clearing a path to unchallenged control. When word spread of your defeat, Eveline, I was devastated. At this, Eveline grew pensive. I tried to do what you would have, be who you were, and look where those efforts left us. 
She looked around her, but there was little to see in the darkness. The few remaining soldiers muttered to themselves, distraught over everything they heard. Aveline could barely recognize them. It wouldn't be long before they faded into oblivion like the rest. She wondered what fate awaited her and whether Roland had a plan. I'm sorry, Aveline, he said as he hung his head low. The two knights fell silent. Aveline cast her gaze down at the floor between her boots. Roland sat cross-legged, watching Aveline. Without explanation, the knight removed her gauntlet and showed Roland the back of her hand. The mark bestowed by Orleon glowed more brightly than ever, as if determined not to be outshone by Roland's incandescence. The withered soldiers shuffled back toward the warm, familiar red light. And this mark, what do you make of it? Aveline asked, a quiet hope in her question. Roland's collected despondence was undone with a gasp. He grabbed Aveline's hand, examined the symbol, then peered deep into his daughter's eyes. His face was transformed by emotion, his melancholy tone abruptly infused with energy. Roland smiled and said, Hope is born from sorrow, my girl. Hope is born from sorrow. A Night Adrift is written, produced, and narrated by Devin McKernan. Original music provided courtesy of Kai Engel and Chris Zabriskie. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Visit anightadrift.com to join Abilene's journey, follow us on social media, and be notified of new episodes, art, and stories. Thanks for listening.